0: Believe it or not, two weeks from the day, Tennessee is going to play football, Bowling Green in Neyland Stadium, and I'm not sure that people are being cautious and doubtful enough about the Vols' offensive line. I'm going to play you a piece of the Ultimate Tennessee podcast that dropped last night with me and Lucas Panzica. I don't know why people are so confident about the Vols' offense and about the offensive line clicking. We're going to have that conversation. Plus, day one of Titans practice, a couple of defensive backs shined, including your first-round pick, Titans fans, against Tom Brady. We'll talk about that and more as The Zone Daily gets you started on your Thursday right now.
1: Yesterday's headlines, tonight's topics, and one big story you need to know. This is The Zone Daily Podcast with Will Bowling.
0: Welcome to the practice field Caleb Farley had an incredible play to stop Mike Evans. Looked really good uh, in one-on-one drills between the Tennessee Titans defensive backs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, Tom Brady was intercepted four times against the Tennessee Titans secondary. So there's one thing that Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady have in common. Jack Rabbit Jenkins, he had an interception. Caleb Farley made a couple of nice plays. Uh, Elijah Molden. Uh, Had an interception to beat Tom Brady. Uh, He was pretty good um, as he played against some very good Tampa Bay wide receivers. And, of course, the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Titans defensively looked pretty good, and they're continuing to show you why. Ryan Tannehill's interception problems are more of this defense is actually okay versus Ryan Tannehill is not good. Amani Hooker, he had a diving interception of Brady. It's the only time you're going to be able to hear and see the Titans defense play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starters because, uh, well, none of them are going to, to actually play on Saturday when the Titans take on Tampa Bay. Uh, Saturday night, Titans radio. Uh, join us, but just join us with the expectation that you're not going to hear from any starters from Tampa Bay side. So as we move forward and do college football two weeks from the night, Tennessee is going to play American tackle football, and that still blows my mind that it's already here. I have already talked myself into being optimistic that Joe Milton is going to be an okay starting quarterback for the Volunteers. I actually think I'm more concerned about the offensive line than I am the quarterback position. Here's me and Lucas Panzeca on this week's Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. So here's why I'm not optimistic, and this leads us into our position preview show today talking about the offensive line um what Josh Heupel built at UCF and how he rebuilt an offense was by not having to rebuild it at all. He was inheriting a very similar system in what Scott Frost ran. It was no huddle then, it's no huddle with Josh Heupel. He inherited offensive linemen, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs that were already running a similar system. I don't know if there's an offense in college football last year that's more different outside of a flexbone team than what Josh Heupel did at UCF, than what Jim Chaney and Jeremy Pruitt were trying to do at Tennessee. Having jumbo offensive linemen, as big a dudes as you can possibly have, come in as a tackle-eligible extra tight end is a lot different from wanting to snap the ball as quickly as you possibly can and get less big guys on the field and recruit smaller, quicker offensive linemen. I I think this offense is going to have a lot of trouble adjusting to what Josh Heupel wants to do, Because on the offensive line, uh, the the strategy was so different last year under Jeremy Pruitt and under Jim Chaney. This was a grounded pound, run the football, set up the play-action pass, set up the deep pass kind of offense. And I think Tennessee's offensive linemen and and the makeup they have reflect what Jim Chaney wanted this offense to look like. Big guys blocking downhill for a really good running back in Eric Gray. I don't see these offensive linemen making a really easy transition to snapping the ball as much as Tennessee is going to want to snap it, and to playing quicker uh, on the perimeter uh, this season. Offensive line, to me, I think is as big of a concern as I have about this team, and I think it's one that not enough people are talking about based on what Tennessee lost from an offensive line that was okay at best last season.
1: So does that concern largely just stem from the system Tennessee ran last season and trying to transition into what Josh Heupel brings this season? I think it's a little bit of that. And it's a little bit of,
0: I mean, a a lot of guys took a step back last season. Uh, Darnell Wright at the tackle position took a step back from a really promising freshman year to a not so great sophomore year. Uh, And that's a guy that's going to be Tennessee's starting left tackle by all accounts uh, when they open the season two weeks from Thursday. Cade Mays is a guy that looks pretty good at Georgia, uh, is a good guard, probably an NFL mid round selection guard, but at right tackle, where Tennessee's going to need him, uh, he's he's known for not being as quick and not being as good against speed off the edge, which is where Tennessee's going to need him. Cade Mays is a good football player. I don't think Cade Mays is a fit at right tackle for an SEC program that's trying to compete with the best of the best of the SEC East. Now, granted, Tennessee's team this year is not close to competing uh, with Georgia and Florida uh, for the best of the SEC East. But for where Tennessee wants to go, it's not the level of player they're going to need to have at right tackle in order to be successful.
1: Certainly. And that's a good point. Uh, But I do think that works both ways, right? Because you're right. Uh, Tennessee, the way it played last year on offense, it couldn't be more different. It's a total 180 to what Josh Heupel wants to do. Uh, And there were a lot of players on this roster last season that don't necessarily fit the type of player Josh Heupel needs up front in an offensive line. You're right. But then you look around at other positions and you can flip that around and say there were, wide receivers on this roster last year that didn't even remotely fit what Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney wanted to do on offense. And it was very much a square peg round hole situation where suddenly Jalen Hyatt is about as good of a fit as you can find yeah. at wide receiver in this Josh Hypel offense. He He's not going to be asked to do a ton of blocking out on the edge. He He's going to be just asked to go, just go him and Bayless Jones are going to get every opportunity to fly down the field in this offense. Uh, and the most important thing, they're just going to let whoever wins that job, assuming it's Joe Milton, uh, let's just say that for the sake of this conversation, they're going to let Joe Milton grip it and rip it. That was never the case last year with Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chene. He was very conservative, very kind of an on edge type of offense uh, playing like you were afraid to make mistakes, right? They're going to be making mistakes, but they're going to be making mistakes at 100 miles an hour. Uh, offensively though, I, that is, I can't see your point of concern coming up with the offensive line, yeah. not because of the talent with this group, but you're right because of the style of play. And it's hard to flip that switch. Although I will say a lot of these guys have, have cut some weight. I know Darnell white, uh, right alone has shed at least 20 pounds since last season. As he moves from right tackle to left tackle, uh, Cooper Mays will have to step likely step into a starting role. I think he's maybe a little bit of a better fit in the offensive line under Heupel than maybe he would have been under Jim Cheney as offensive coordinator. Uh, but yeah, it's a fair point of concern. But I do think that works both ways where you have guys in last year's offense that weren't fits for that, that suddenly are happy about this move. Even though Jalen Hyatt was not recruited by Josh Heupel, he came to Tennessee because of Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. But he's thrilled about this coaching change. Exact same thing with Valus Jones. So it works on both sides. It's just about what's going to outweigh the others. Tennessee going to be able to turn it loose enough with the quarterback position, and find enough productivity to put up points enough to to try to outweigh some of the deficiencies that they might have, some of the growing pains they might have along the offensive line. I do think there is enough talent on this offensive line to get by okay within this offense.
0: Well, if you're looking for a positive, too, you've got a lot of guys that uh, can play different spots on the offensive line. No, Tennessee offensive line coach Glenn Alarby said that uh, in the past couple of weeks as camp has started and said, but we like this group because they're deep and you can move guys around to, to different positions saying there are four or five guys uh, that are, are battling for a position at guard right now. And the same thing at tackle. Uh, and he specifically mentioned Jerome Carvin and Cade Mays, uh, two guys that can move around Lucas. I think the best version of this Tennessee offensive line insists on still having Cade Mays at right guard. Uh, and this is where I think if Karon Ron Calvert was healthy, Tennessee would have a, a, a decent situation to put Karon Calvert at right tackle and Cade Mays at right guard, uh, but a biceps injury is sideline Calvert. So Javantez Spraggins becomes the guy at right guard, pushing Cade Mays to right tackle. I think it's going to be like that last Butch Jones season, Lucas, where you're going to see this offensive line group move around quite a bit. Uh, I don't think it's until probably the first uh, two or three SEC games where you've got a set rotation that is done, uh, barring any injuries for this team. And that in itself is concerning because the chemistry of playing with the same five is a really important piece to gaining confidence and to playing together as a unit with so much competition. And I think so many moving pieces, I don't see Tennessee having a set five until Florida at the absolute earliest. Also last night, Nashville SC, they draw Orlando City one-to-one, had a lead in the second half again, but another free kick goal. Uh, Allows Orlando City to snag a point at Nissan Stadium. Alistair Johnston, Nashville SC's right back, said it best after the game. A draw is fine, but we always expect three points when we play in Nissan Stadium. Missed opportunity for Nashville SC, but despite that missed opportunity, they go into sole possession of second place in Major League Soccer's Eastern Conference. So tomorrow we will preview 104.5 The Zone's Week 1 High School Game of the Week with Tate Matthews. You can hear that right here on The Zone Daily Podcast. Plus more observations from Titans training camp as they practice alongside the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers down in Tampa Bay. We'll finish off your week right here tomorrow, 5 a.m. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you